Acts 2. The Apostle Peter says, But God released him from the horrors of death and raised him back to life. For death could not keep him in his grip. King David said this about him. I see that the Lord is always with me. I will not be shaken, for he is right beside me. No wonder my heart is glad and my tongue shouts his praises. My body rests in hope, for you will not leave my soul among the dead or allow your Holy One to rot in the grave. You have shown me the way of life and you will fill me with the joy of your presence. And Peter goes on to say, God raised Jesus from the dead and we are all witnesses of this. Now he, that is Jesus, is exalted to the highest place of honor in heaven at God's right hand. And the Father, as he promised, gave him the Holy Spirit to pour upon us, just as you see and hear today. God, thank you for Jesus and the resurrection and for this first step, this, these first fruits in your new creation. Thank you that we can turn to you and you have grace upon grace upon grace. Lord Jesus, come and speak now through Paul. Ignite his words this morning. Holy Spirit, we pray. In Jesus' name, the church said, amen. Amen. You can be seated. Good morning, church. I am so glad that you are here with us this morning. To those of you online, welcome, welcome, welcome. We are so glad for this opportunity to be together. Um, I I would like to just keep babbling for a few minutes so I can collect myself here. I get swept away in this day. I do. I just get swept away emotionally. I get swept away where where my mind just trying to grasp all that's going on, all that took place, all that happened, the reality that Jesus walked out of the grave alive. It's absolutely overwhelming for me. And I hope it is for you. I trust this is not just another day. It's not just another Sunday. This is not just another church service. This is Resurrection Sunday. And what an opportunity we have to come together freely and celebrate the risen Lord. We have had a theme over the last couple of weeks here at this church. And our theme has been, Jesus is. And we've been filling in the rest of that statement over the last, last Sunday and then on Friday. Last Sunday was Palm Sunday. We talked about that story. We talked about the whole city of Jerusalem asking this question as they saw Jesus' followers gather around him, raise him up, praise him, hail him as king. We saw this crowd come from Jerusalem and ask this question, who is he? Who is this man? Who is Jesus And in that story, we recognized that for those who were following Jesus at that moment, Jesus was who they wanted him to be. He was a miracle worker. We saw it in the story. He was the prophesied one. He was the king. They hailed him as king. He was the savior. They cried out, save us to Jesus. He was the Messiah. 
He was the chosen one of God who was sent by God to save the world. And then we moved to our our celebration on Friday. We came together in this room on Friday. We talked about Jesus being the Jesus that we need him to be. And we looked at the story of Jesus' crucifixion and various points in the story that revealed who Jesus is and answered that statement for us. Jesus is, and we found these things in the story. We discovered that Jesus is the Redeemer and we need redemption. We discovered that Jesus is our advocate because we need justice. We discovered that he is grace. And like Peter in that story, we need grace. We discovered that he is our lamb, that he is the sacrifice that was made for all of mankind, for all of time, to cover the sin of the world, to take our place. And we focused on the fact that Jesus is forgiveness. And from the cross, from the cross yet, Asked his father to forgive those who crucified him. Stating that they did not know what they were doing. Jesus is forgiveness. He is so many things that we need him to be. And today we celebrate something else about Jesus. And it's simply this. Jesus is full of surprises. And we're going to look at some of those surprises. We celebrate the incredible story of the resurrection of Jesus Christ. We celebrate that morning, that Sunday morning, when the women who who had been with Jesus for so long, who were so close to him and so significant in his life, when they got up early in the morning and brought the things that they had prepared for his burial and they headed to the tomb Because they were going to take care of, they were going to honor and respect the body of Jesus Christ they expected to be laying in that tomb. And they had this conversation on the way there. And it was a very logical conversation. How in the world are we going to get in the tomb? This giant stone has been rolled in front of the tomb so that no one can get inside. How are we going to roll the stone away? But on they went in faith. And on their way to the tomb, an angel came, and he rolled the stone away, and he met them at the tomb, and explained to them that Jesus, the one they were looking for, was not there. He had risen from the dead. He was alive. And they were to go and tell his disciples, and from their word spread of what had happened, the fact that Jesus was risen from the dead. And there were all kinds of conspiracies set up. There was a plot to pay off the guards to tell everyone that they knew that, that Jesus' disciples had come and stolen the body. And there were all these attempts to cover up the fact that Jesus was not in the tomb. That Jesus was alive. And today we celebrate the fact that he surprised the world by rising from the dead. From not being found. By not being found in the tomb. He was not dead. He was alive. And as we think back on that story. I want to help us reflect this morning on the fact that there is even more. Even more to all this. There's so much that happened after the resurrection. There's so much that, that shows us who Jesus is. And that's what we're going to do this morning. I, I want to highlight just five answers to the question, who is Jesus? Um, and believe me, I'm holding back. Because we could stay here for hours. I could give you a hundred answers to that question. But I'm going to give you just five. We're going to focus on just five. I want to highlight these five things about the identity of Jesus that truly set him apart. Only Jesus 
could be and could do what we're about to talk about. Only Jesus. Number one, Jesus is the resurrection and the life. The resurrection and the life. Jesus did something that surprised a lot of people for good reason. Backing up, he raised a friend, a friend of his named Lazarus from the dead. He called his name from outside the tomb and he told Lazarus, come out. And Lazarus walked out of the tomb. And in that epic moment, Jesus declared, I am the resurrection and the life. He answered the question, who is Jesus? Himself. I am the resurrection and the life. And he followed that statement with these words. He said, whoever believes in me, though he die, yet shall he live. And everyone who believes in me shall never die. Kind of a lofty claim. But then, as if raising Lazarus from the dead wasn't enough, Jesus, on his own, defeats death. And he walks out of his own grave. Jesus is the resurrection, and the life. And that means that there is a force more powerful than death. And Jesus is that force. That means that the sting of death, the pain, the sorrow, the despair, the grief, the loss, the fear, all of that can be healed, church, by the one who experienced death but lives again. Throughout human history, the world has struggled with the experience and even the idea of death. Death scares us. Death seems so final. We are not equipped to handle death. For some of us, the threat of death is real because we're facing a health crisis right now. Or we're watching our own life wind down right before our eyes. For some of us, we're facing the challenge of having a loved one near us who is aging and can't support themselves or live the life that they've always known and lived. We see death on the horizon. We see the way every human is walking that path that leads to death. And it frightens us and it saddens us and it concerns us. God knows that. He knows that. He didn't create us to die. And so he knows that death is going to bring that fear and that sadness in us. And so his plan, his plan included Jesus experiencing death but coming back to life so that we can see that he has power over death. He truly can offer us life in the midst of this dying world. Life forever. Jesus can take us far beyond the fear and the sadness and the concern into our forever lives. Who is Jesus? He is the resurrection and the life. Who is Jesus? Jesus is the conqueror. He is the conqueror. Jesus' victory over death is only one thing about Jesus that could only be true of him. There's more. Jesus is also the conqueror. He's the victor. He is the champion. Um, A few weeks ago, my wife and one of my sons traveled to Phoenix, Arizona for a soccer tournament. Now, needless to say, I was kind of jealous. 
Um, definitely a time of year, but it, it would be good to get out of Minnesota. And off they went to Phoenix, Arizona, and they were there. And, and during their time out there, there were times between games when they had an opportunity to go and, and do something, to, to see the area, to see the sights. And so they took time between some of the games to go to the zoo in Phoenix. They went to visit the zoo. And as they're enjoying that, they were able to see some animals that, that we don't have here in Minnesota at our zoo. Now, my wife is a lover of animals, without question, and she was really enjoying this, but she is also, beyond a lover of animals, she's a photographer. And so she, they, they came to this one place, and they were looking at this one animal, and this animal impressed her so much, and so out came Kim's camera. And she took a photo that when I saw, threw me for a loop, and I want you to see it, so go ahead and put this photo on the screen. You've got to see this picture. Yeah, just let it sink in. When I saw this, the hair on the back of my neck stood up. And I don't have as impressive a hair as this guy does. <laughs> but I was so overwhelmed with this. And a lot of this, just, it's just me. This is the way I am. This kind of thing grabs me, grabs my emotion. It grabs my imagination. But look at this lion. Look at the look on his face. Look at the majesty in his appearance and his presence. And look behind him. There is no better picture to me of the resurrection. This is stunning. This is a picture of Jesus being resurrected from the dead and coming out of his grave. We just talked about death Death happens to be in many ways the most powerful force that we are up against. We can't stop it on a human level. We can't stop it from happening. We're all going to die. But Jesus did. He stopped the power of death. And so here's what I have to wrap my head around. If Jesus conquered the most powerful earthly force that we face, what does this say about his ability to conquer any other force in this world? Well, it tells me that Jesus is the conqueror, period. He is above all and over all. He holds all authority, all of it. And there is no force in heaven or on earth that can come close to defeating him. Now, I have to admit that I feel defeated sometimes. I feel defeated by our culture and the pressure that our culture puts on me to be a certain way, to look a certain way, to think a certain way, to do certain things, to believe or accept certain things. I feel defeated sometimes as a husband. I feel defeated sometimes as a father. I feel defeated in my place in society sometimes. I feel deceited, defeated by the direction our culture is headed. In many ways, a direction that I cannot follow, I cannot support. But then I hear Jesus the conqueror telling his disciples this. He said, in this world, you will have trouble. And remember what he said next? said, but take heart, because I have overcome the world. 
Death was only one thing on the list of things that Jesus overcame. And I hear the Apostle Paul remind us in Romans 8 that as those who have put their faith in Jesus, we are now also more than conquerors. And that gives me strength. And that gives me confidence. I am not defeated. I am in Christ and that makes me a conqueror because Jesus is alive. I am alive because Jesus is a conqueror. I am a conqueror. Who is Jesus? He is the conqueror. And who is Jesus? Jesus is always with us. And that's not a title. That's a reality. After the resurrection, Jesus made his followers a promise. He left them, but he told them that he would be with them even till the very end of time. Now, for multiple reasons in our world right now, we are dealing with more loneliness than we ever have. Digital relationships aren't cutting it. Our cancel culture is making it worse. Division between people over things that should never come between us is on the rise at an alarming rate. And we find ourselves feeling lonely far more often than we should. And I have to tell you, younger generations are facing this like none before them. But Jesus knows this. He knows this loneliness. And what does he have to say about it? Well, because Jesus is alive, he invites us to abide in him, to remain in him, to be in his presence, live in his presence as if he was live in person right next to us every moment of every day and to accept the promise that he makes to never leave us, to never forsake us. And honestly, there is no one else who can make this work. No one. And let's be honest about that. I don't think that we could tolerate anyone being with us every moment of every day, week, month, year, our entire lives. They drive us crazy. Even our favorite people would drive us crazy. But not Jesus. We have someone who loves us perfectly unconditionally, boundlessly, eternally, and he actually desires to be with us every single moment of our lives. We don't ever have to be lonely because Jesus is always with us. He will never leave us or forsake us. Who is Jesus? He is the one who is always with us. And who is Jesus? Jesus is our light, our strength, our way. I'm cheating a little bit. I'm going to cram three of them into one. Because I couldn't do it. I couldn't contain myself that much. So we're going to look at three in one. It's only one point. A couple of weeks ago, um, my wife and I went down to Red Wing and we spent a couple of days just doing something that we needed to do. Um, to give us a, a chance to pause and reflect on the little things in life. And so we went down to the Mississippi River at Red Wing and we went eagle watching. 
honestly lost count of the number of eagles that we saw. It was absolutely amazing. We never get bored of eagles. We never do. Um, we were secretly wishing, my wife was secretly wishing that we would at some point be able to see live that moment when two eagles come together and they're scrapping for some reason and their talons lock together and then they get stuck in this like spiral of death. <laughs> so we got to see it. It was absolutely remarkable. We looked up and and sure enough, there were two of them locked in and they didn't die, thankfully, because that would just made me feel bad. But we also did something new with that day as we were watching eagles and enjoying God's creation. We did a little rock hounding. Uh, Kim had heard about this place at the, at the base of Barn Bluff out there in Red Wing where you can find these rocks called cold water agates. And so we set out in that place that had been recommended. We, we went to look for these rocks, these cold water agates. And we spent a lot of time just looking around, trying to figure out where they are. We knew they were supposed to be there and had a vague idea of what they looked like. I had no clue, no clue. And we're looking in a massive area that's just rocks. We're looking for these cold water agates. And after walking around for a while, staring at the ground, thinking that you're going to recognize something, what, what comes true is that a rock is a rock. And they all just look like rocks. And we're walking around with billions of rocks at our feet and looking at these things and there's nothing remarkable about these rocks at all. And quite honestly for me, nothing that would tell me, oh, pick that one up, that's one of those cold water agates. <laughs> Until this incredible moment when the clouds broke and the sun shone through and lit up the ground at our feet. And all of a sudden, we were seeing what we couldn't see before. We were seeing the light reflecting off these tiny little crystals that are found in all these little nooks and crannies and caverns in these rocks. And suddenly we knew we had found what we were looking for. And I encourage you, you should come and look at this later on. Take a close-up look at it. But this incredible moment happened. The bright sunshine reflected off these crystals and revealed the beauty of these rocks and gave us an invitation to collect something that we could look inside and see what was there. Now, what's inside these plain-looking rocks? I got a picture for you. This is a picture of one of those rocks cut open. These are spectacular absolutely beautiful. They're amazing rocks, but you really cannot tell how beautiful they are until the light shines on them and lets you know that this rock is filled with beauty like this. Jesus is the light. And there are many ways that that title can be understood. This one was a new one for me. Jesus can shine his light into our lives and reveal the beauty that is there, the beauty that he put there. We don't always see that beauty, do we? We have a hard time seeing it in ourselves sometimes. We have a hard time seeing it in others at times as well. But Jesus brings out the beauty in all of us 
to him were masterpieces. Jesus helps us see that we have value and beauty and purpose. He is the light. Jesus is our strength. Jesus said that his strength is made perfect in our weakness. And I don't think there are many of us in this room right now that don't feel weak at least some of the time. We need the strength that only Jesus can provide. And Jesus is our way, and we spend so much time in our lives wondering if we're on the right path, wondering if the path that we're on is all that there is, wondering if we're lost. And only Jesus can lead us where we need to go. Who is Jesus? Jesus is our light and our strength and our way. I have to be honest here, soon after I started answering the question, who is Jesus, I knew I was going to have way, way too much to share this morning. Ultimately, I wanted to just remind you that Jesus is very much alive, and he is very active in our lives. Every moment of every day, providing all these things for everyone that, he's, that he has created But for some of you, I know maybe you haven't heard this before. I hope you're finding encouragement in this. Jesus is who he claims to be, and he is available to every person he has created. We, not, we may not be able to see him physically right now, but he's real, and he deeply, deeply loves every one of us, and he wants us to know that he's here he wants you to know that he has overcome death and every other force in this world. He wants you to know that you don't have to feel defeated anymore. He already won. He wants you to know that he will be with you every moment of your life. He wants you to know that he can be your light, your strength, your way. And there's one more thing that I want to tell you this morning. We all need to hear this on a regular basis. Who is Jesus? Now forgive my weak grammar in answering this directly. I, don't, I didn't do well in high school English. I'm going to answer our question this way anyway. Who is Jesus? Jesus is coming back. He's coming back. Jesus promised that he's coming back in person and he never ever breaks a promise. There's a day coming soon when we will see him face to face and probably react like the women at the tomb did to seeing his face. After Jesus came back from the dead and the angel opened the tomb so that we could all see that it was empty, Jesus spent some time with his followers and he let the reality of his resurrection sink in. Hundreds of people saw him alive this was real. Jesus had come back from the dead. Amazing things happened during that time. Just, just ask Peter, the friend of Jesus who denied even knowing him in his darkest moment. But Something else happened that I saw for the first time this Easter and I want to show you what I saw. So we're going to back up to last Sunday, to Palm Sunday. In Matthew chapter 21, verse 10, we read that the crowd that had come from Jerusalem to see what all the fuss was about asked Jesus' followers a question. They asked, who is this? That's our first bookend 
in what I'm showing you. The next week, which was filled with all that Jesus said and did, including his crucifixion, his burial, and his resurrection, answered that question for them. And so after his resurrection, as Jesus spent time giving his followers some parting instructions, because he was about to return to heaven to be with his father again, we see the other bookend to our Easter story. That bookend is found in John 21, verse 12. Look at what it says. John writes that now none of the disciples dared to ask him, who are you? They knew it was the Lord. Who is Jesus? He is the Lord. He is the Lord. And and what does that word Lord mean? It means that Jesus is the one that I belong to. I belong to Jesus. I belong to the miracle worker. I belong to the prophesied one, the king, the savior, the Messiah, the son of God, Emmanuel. I belong to my redeemer, my advocate, the gracious one, my sacrifice, my forgiveness, I belong to Jesus, the resurrection and the life. I belong to Jesus, the conqueror. I belong to the one who is always with me. I belong to Jesus, my light and my strength and my way. I belong to the one who is coming back. I belong to Jesus. Who is Jesus? He is my everything and I belong to him. I want us to share communion together this morning. I want us to share a remembrance of who Jesus is. The bread and the cup that we'll share represent his body and his blood. His death is a hard but necessary thing to remember. His resurrection gives us so much depth in what we celebrate. He is not dead, he is alive And he gave us this sacrament, communion, as a way to remember him until he comes back. And he is coming back. But before we celebrate Jesus together in communion, I have a question to ask. Do you belong to Jesus? Do you belong to Jesus? And I know that Many of you, most of you are quick with your answer. You know what I'm talking about. You know Jesus. I also know that some of you may not know him and maybe you're hearing things this morning that have opened your eyes for the first time to who Jesus is. Maybe you realize for the first time that you need Jesus and you want Jesus and now you see who he is. So I want to give you an opportunity to respond to that. I'm going to ask that we bow our heads and close our eyes. This whole room, that we just enter into a moment of silence and reflection and coming before God, just us and him. And in this moment, in the privacy of this moment between you and God, answer that question, do you belong to to Jesus. And if you're answering that question in honesty and saying, no, I, I don't. I have not 
belonged to Jesus, but I want to. I want to accept all that he is and all that he offers. I want to belong to Jesus. If that's you in this moment right now, all you have to do is in the quiet of your heart and your mind, just talk to him. Say, Jesus, I want to belong to you. I want to put my life in your hands. I ask you to forgive all that I've done that has separated me from you. I ask for your forgiveness, for your grace, for your power in my life. Jesus, I belong to you. In the quiet of this moment, with our eyes closed and our heads bowed, if that's your prayer this morning, I would just ask that wherever you are, you just put your hand up. Raise your hand straight up. Just let me know, I prayed this prayer this morning. I need Jesus. I want to belong to Jesus. right now if that's you and give me an opportunity to pray for you. Father, I want to lift up those that are in this room right now who have just declared the fact that they want to belong to Jesus. I thank you for their courage and their their step this morning for their desire to belong to Jesus, to have Jesus as Lord of their life. And I pray, Father, that you would meet them right where they are right now and that you would lead them on a journey that that goes from here into eternity as you adopt them into your family. You make them your own. And you reveal to them who Jesus is, who you are, and who they are in light of them becoming your child, part of your family. Father, every one of us needs Jesus. We need all that he is, all that we can see of him in the Easter story, all that we see of him throughout the word, throughout the Bible, from beginning to end. You've given us this amazing gift that cannot be matched. There's nothing we can compare it to. You gave us your son. And he not only died for us, but he rose from the dead for us and brings us with him into resurrected life. And we praise you for that this morning. Thank you for this season of celebration, for this opportunity today to pause and reflect on who you are, on who Jesus is. And once again, affirm the fact that we belong to Jesus, we belong to the risen Lord. Guide us each day as you transform us more and more into the likeness of Jesus Christ. I ask this in the name of the risen one, in the name of Jesus Christ, your son. Amen. Today 
we celebrate the resurrection of Jesus Christ, the Son of God. Jesus is everything to us. He is our Lord and we belong to him. And this morning, as we come to the communion table together, I invite you to come with that in your mind. I belong to Jesus. The elements of communion represent Jesus' body and represent his blood. The bread represents the body of Jesus Christ put in our place, took the punishment, the wrath of God on himself so that we wouldn't have to. Praise him for that this morning. The cup represents the blood of Jesus Christ. And the only way that we could be forgiven for all that we do against God, apart from God, the only way we can be forgiven is because the blood of Jesus Christ was shed and it's the blood that washes us clean and makes us holy again. And that is why we can celebrate on Resurrection Sunday because he is our Lord. That's who Jesus is. I'm gonna invite the elders if they come now. You can just take your place behind these two tables up here and allow people to take the elements and as they come, elders, I just ask that you would just silently pray over each one that comes and just help with the transition when that top tray gets empty and you can switch it out for them. For those of you who are at the tables in the back, you have communion elements on the table there in front of you. You can take those when you're ready during these songs that we're gonna sing and partake of communion as you're ready with your family, with those around you. For all those of you here in the seats, I invite you to come to the middle aisle, come up to the front, take your elements here. You can go wherever you want in the room. You can go to a spot with your, with your family and have communion with them. You can just take a, a moment on your own in your seat, take communion. You can come to the cross and kneel here and take communion there. But I invite you to come. If you are a follower of Jesus, you are welcome at this table. So let's enter now into communion with a spirit of thanksgiving, a spirit of recognition. Who is Jesus? He is the Lord. He is the risen one. He is alive. We're going to celebrate now together in song.